How much time do you want for your progress? progress. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Clatter Chatter on Things That Matter, the podcast that is intellectually engaging, theologically reflecting, encouraging sociologically, imagining ways in which we can live. Thank you for spending this short amount of time with us. We promise you that you will not regret a moment of it. Shout out to Trevor Smith and B.J. Herbert for commissioning this fantastic music to get our minds going on things eternal, positive, and fulfilling life's purposes. It's just me today, and I'm excited that you have tuned in. There's so much interesting that is happening uh, right now. And in particular, uh, it's allergy season. In our next podcast, we will explore some of the issues around allergies. Um, But this week marks the uh, 100th day in the office of our new administration, um, Biden and Harris administration. It also is uh, interesting in terms of where we are with vaccinations and uh, my beloved subcontinent favorite place in the whole world where I have footprints and lifelong family by choice uh, who are suffering in India. And so we are praying fervently for relief from the surging of a new variant in in India. Uh, We want to stand in solidarity with our brothers and sisters of the African diaspora who landed on the subcontinent of India an ancient civilization where there are more Christians in India than in the United States. It is an ancient civilization um, where the Apostle Thomas went on his missionary journey, that doubting Thomas who needed to see, to believe that Jesus was the risen Christ. But that, again, is another um, message, another podcast exploration that Thomas gave us the gift of agnosticism, understanding that there is just no way of ever knowing. But today, I had asked my younger sister, uh, Angela, uh, if if she could help me with what shall I talk about today. And she shared with me a powerful image of a young man, young uh, nine-year-old, uh, and she posed the question. He's nine years old, just three years younger than Tamir Rice, nine years old, just three years younger than Tamir Rice, who was shot uh, in Ohio for having a a toy gun and seemed as a threat. But this nine-year-old young brother 
by the name of DeCorey Johnson is belting out the national anthem. And I just want to play a little bit of that today. And it, it makes this podcast pretty interesting because 100 days in the Biden-Harris administration, uh, the rebuttal of the speech to the address was given by Senator um, that uh, Tim Scott, and, and I just want to leave it right there for a moment, and he raised this question, or he posed this question. He said, America is not racist. America is not racist. And I want to double back to that as I play this young fellow who is nine years old, this little clip, listen intentionally to him singing the national anthem. Your song. Oh, say, can you see? But it's not a recording. By the dawn's early light. Meet nine-year-old DeCorey Johnson. I'm in third grade. When the principal asked him to sing the national anthem during the morning announcements, his response? I never got to sing a national anthem before. But um, now they want me to sing it at a baseball and a football and at a school and everywhere. And I'm like, oh, my Jesus. Broad stripes and bright stars. He says it was not hard to learn the song. What's amazing about this story, and when I look at it, uh, I get chills just seeing this young DeCorey Johnson, nine years old, so full of life and wondering um, the national anthem uh, that was originally inclusive of supporting slavery to see this young nine-year-old singing the national anthem of the United States of America with such vigor and vivacity and uh, just so excited with this opportunity to sing it. And this video has actually gone viral. And I, and I wonder um, how we can imagine a society, a world that won't see him as a threat Three years from now, as society saw a little Tamir Rice as a threat, which America is not racist. Is it North America, South America, Latin America? Which America is not racist? The United States of America, the U.S. of A. Interesting um, how anyone could say maybe the land it's inhabited by people who have certainly supported the racial constructs that divide us. Uh, and, and we are embodied in the spaces that we inhabit. And so this land that is your land, this land that is my land from the New York islands, uh, to the redwood forest and all points in between is America racist. Which America? Who are we talking about? One of the things that I find quite interesting is these conversations, especially in areas where there is not a lot of 
um, ethnic or racial diversity. And so maybe in those spaces that are homogenous, the same in terms of ideology, even theology, um, that the, the homogeneity that is present, maybe there it is not, uh, uh, and, and, and embodying the racial tendencies that have been socially constructed. I do understand, and I want to um, stretch in terms of sociological imagination, that we are definitely not a monolithic group. So to say America is not racist, we need to be intentional about geographical location and context. The United States of America is where we hang our hat on in particular because this is my context and my cultural experience. And, and one of the things that I find amazing is when I hear people um, who live in homogenous communities uh, everything is the same, look the same. And I think the only thing that needs to be homogenized is milk. Uh, we want milk to certainly not have specks of of uh, colors in it because it would probably share or show that it is not great for consumption. Um, but diversity uh, of thought is often used when there is a level of homogeneity or diversity of economics is often used when there is a homogeneity, not very few people from other ethnic groups or diversity of faith expressions, meaning that there may be a United Methodist Church, there may be a, a Southern Baptist Church, there may be a UCC Church. That's diversity of faith tradition. And I say that tongue in cheek, not even an AME Church or AME Zion or Church of God in Christ, but there is level of diversity, maybe even in diversity concerning um, liberal and conservative, but not necessarily in terms of race relations. And so to blanketly say that America is not racist negates or minimalize or even further marginalizes those of us who are representative of various multiplicities of ideologies, theologies, races, ethnic, cultural expressions. And it, it begs me and I may, I wonder, um, why did Senator Scott have to befriend this notion that to speak truth to his own power and agency is to minimalize the pain and suffering of those whose lives have been hanging on trees like strange fruit or to see this young man singing from his heart and soul, nine years old, little Johnson, elementary school student, to, to, to be reduced to thought that racism does not exist in this country is a myth and it offers an interesting level of hope, I suppose, that we can aspire to one day be this place that is um, so incredibly um, mixed in that that we can see each other at a level where we celebrate our own sense of humanness. 
Um, and I, I steer away from this concept of color blindness because it's important for us to see color for those who experience color blindness because of vision problems. That's a, that's another podcast. That's another story, but to not see Colors would be to negate the fact that we can't see the the green grass that's changing right before our eyes because it's springtime or the the various uh, colorful flowers that are present. Um, it, it negates the opportunity to even in the fall to see the leaves change. And so, why is it that we would would reduce this idea? Maybe it's a deeper conversation. Maybe we need to have truth and reconciliation like in South Africa to finally understand that it is okay. It is quite okay. As a matter of fact, I believe that God is the one who allowed for the multiple perspectives, the multiple identities, and varying diversities of diversities that's what make us who we are and so rather than saying that something isn't something how about we call it out for what it is and live into the is now and the ever shall be a place where we can be all right and celebrated for who we are after all this is the inalienable rights that we claim as those who idolatrize the constitution we the people in order to form a more perfect union that allows for the pursuit of happiness liberty and and justice for all Maybe it's not the United States of America. Maybe it's it's North America or, or South America or Latin America where racism is not problematic. Oops, but that's the gift of the colonizers that ordered colored righteousness. And um, if you have one drop of melanin in your blood then you can be classified as the other which America is not racist I'll leave that there for you to ponder and think about where do you see yourself on the spectrum of understanding what the social construct of racism is and who has the power to eradicate racism by saying that it doesn't exist. So it's almost like saying COVID doesn't exist. And we just dismiss the fact that so many people have transitioned from the earthly realm to another space. Um, It's almost to be dismissive of the pain and suffering. I understand wanting a utopia and being the change that we want to see. But we can collectively work towards equity and justice if we would just be truthful and honest in our reflection. 
So that's my musing for you to consider, to pontificate, and to pray about uh, this week. And thank you once again for tuning in to Clatter Chatter on Things That Matter. Be safe, get your shot, and we're going to be better after this, whenever after this is. It has been a privilege, a pleasure, and an honor to have you join in with us today. Remember that everything will be all right until we meet again. Stay safe and well.